Hello there. Uh, welcome to the episode uh, 2929 of Take A Couple of things before I start. Um, please do have a look at the uh, Take It Eevee, uh Twitter. If you're active on Twitter, do give us a follow at Take It Eevee, just like the podcast name. I do. I would like to encourage everyone to have a look at the Patreon. Um, just chuck us a two quid a month. Um, again, patreon.com slash Take It is in the show notes. I. Uh, I've recently kind of appeared quickly on uh, Leona Graham's um, Rock and Road podcast um, to do with just explaining various charging standards to non-EV drivers or perhaps hybrid drivers who are just dipping their toes in in an electric world. So when that comes out, do check it out. I'll probably share it on on the Twitter, as I mentioned. Uh, Yeah. I don't have anything to say. The, the, today's podcast is going to be on the longer side compared to the previous episodes, but I make no claims as to like how long the episodes are going to be. I sat down with um, an iPace owner who has been very active in their community, so I just wanted to uh, pick his brains on you know various sort of iPace related issues and qualities and whatnot. So if you're interested in that sort of a thing, uh, give us give us a. A, uh, a listen. I was just supposed to say read. <laughs> give us a listen, and uh, do go to your your podcatcher of choice and give us a five star rating or something, please. Because uh, I've been slipping through the uh, down through the charts because nobody does it apparently, unless you ask them. So please, please, please. And now, without further ado, episode twenty nine of Take It Easy, and uh, I'll leave you with uh, with Gary. Today we got someone on the podcast who belongs to the elite group of EV drivers that are very proud of their cars and everyone envies them their car in some ways. And no, if you thought we are going to be talking about Teslas, nope. In the words of the great Top Gear, this car is, and I quote, won't be for everyone, but hats off for making a car that steps boldly into the unknown and shows those pesky Germans the way. I am of course talking about Jaguar I-Pace, and I got one such lucky person here with me today, Gary. Hi. Hi. Hi, Greg. Thank, thanks for having me on. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I run the I-Pace owner uh, YouTube channel, and I'm pretty active in the I-Pace group as well. Um, had my I-Pace now for nearly three years. Um, actually, coming up to the time when the lease ends, so I've got to make a decision at the end of this, at the start of next year, whether I carry on with the I-Pace or I'll go to something else. Uh, so maybe we'll talk about that a bit later. But yeah, so I've been doing that. I've been driving one for a while now and uh, enjoying every moment of it. it. It is a it is a truly astonishing car, just you know, the way it looks and the way it drives. Yeah, I had about, I had about ten minutes in one. So <laughs> yeah, but I often say to people, yes, a Tesla can go faster in a straight line. Absolutely. Uh, I don't think anything can go around corners as quickly as Nightface, which is electric. 
at the moment. There may be some coming out now, the Taken, and then the Audi might be getting close. But because of the torque steering and all the stuff they put into the steering, um, better steering, it's, it's just so good, good at taking corners. It's brilliant for country twisty roads. It's, it's just really good for that. I mean, it has its foibles, and, and it hasn't moved on as much as I'd like. I mean, I think Jaguar had a, quite a good head start over a lot of the market and have probably let that slip a bit. Um, but it's still a very good car today. And it's only now that there's cars coming out which really compete with it, to my mind. It is a four-wheel uh, uh, drive car. And, uh, you know, because it's electric, obviously, like you said, the low sort of centre of gravity makes it a uh, uh, very good uh, cornering. And it's, indeed, it, you know, they always say that um, American cars are uh, good at, in a straight line, but uh, when it comes to cornering, they, um, they don't seem to be designed for that sort of purpose. Uh, I, you know... I'm, I'm sure I'm going to get emails from Tesla owners, but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I can attest to the fact that uh, Jaguar I-Pace actually uh, handles very well. I, I had a, I only had a brief test drive um, in one just around the uh, the sort of the local villages, but the uh, let's just say that the salesperson was warning me about where the uh, potential mobile uh, speed cameras are. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I mean, I think I've got nothing against Tesla's even. I've, I've had Tesla's before um, on hire before. I, I used, I actually drove to Germany in a Tesla um, Model S and, and in Holland to Model X. So I've, I've had quite a experience of driving them and, and love them as well. Really nice cars to drive in. Um, there's something there's something different about the pace and I, I think and it does, as you, you're right, it's a, it's a car which doesn't suit everybody. For some people, don't like the styling of it, particularly the front grille, um, which is actually. Pretty clever. I mean, the, the whole slotted grille, the the, the 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 gap under the, the bonnet to allow airflow, which basically gives you a lot of downforce. Again, helping that grip round corners. Um, but the other thing about the iPhone is 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 the off-road ability. I mean, people don't realise just how good an off-roader it is. It's it's got a lot of Land Rover underpinnings on it. Um, in fact, I think initially the prototype was actually going to be in a Land Rover before they decided to make it a Jaguar. So you, you still see some Land Rover parts on it. If you look under 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 underneath, um, and and it's got the things like the uh, the uh, air suspension, um, which is really good. I mean, you can go through very deep puddles in it. I, I've certainly when we had the, the local floods around here, I was I, I was the only person that had to get in anyway, <laughs> um, which is which is really good. And you raise it up quite high, so all those things are, are really good. And I think I think that's. Uh, it's definite advantages. I think um, there's some some disadvantages with it. Uh, I think the charging um, on it has been a problem. Um, compatibilities on some chargers. I know there's always the argument whether it's the the charge point operator's equipment or it's the or it's the car. Um, and uh, we could talk for we probably could talk for, for weeks on the CCS standard and why it's not really a good standard. Um, <laughs> but but certainly with the iPace that has been an issue, particularly up in Scotland. I know my friend David Dude who runs another iPace channel has had a lot of problems with the, the earlier um, default charges up in Scotland. What we Sparco now um, on Charge Play Scotland. Um, and the, the, there was a, uh, a compatibility issue there, which actually has now been fixed and was fixed on the charger end, so probably wasn't the car. Um, but but it's, it's so difficult to get these things sorted out. And, and certainly initially, um, the first six months of having my car, it was actually difficult to find a charger which worked with it properly. Um, had a, quite a few issues with that. They did resolve those, and they put loads of updates out. And we've had we've had lots of over-the-air updates. We've had up, uh, updates and uh, put in the garage as well. And the dealers and and, and things like um, the range of my car has increased by about 30 miles since i had it um, just through the updates in terms of how, how far i can actually go with them on charge 
um, charging speeds increased as well. Um, not as much as I'd like, and I think that's one of one of the issues with it. It's a big battery, and it takes a long time to charge, which when you're on a long journey, yes, you can do 230 miles, and then you've got to wait to get it to charge up. And I'd like it to be charging a bit faster, but that's, that's, that's I mean, in, in the UK, 230 miles is, is, is at least three hours driving, and that's a long time, you need a break after that anyway. <laughs> Yep, yep. <laughs> you can from from where I live, uh, you can get to to pretty much edge of the of Wales. I'm in Tunbridge. Uh, that's 230 miles, yep. sort of roughly, to Aberystwyth. I've I've done that trip many times. So and and I never never actually take it the full 230 miles anyway. I, I tend to charge. I try to charge when when I'm around about 30 40 percent because that's a good point on the charging curve to actually charge it. Up lately, and then go on again, and and it works. I mean, the, the, it's great for journeys. I, mean, I, I took a trip from Peterborough to Nock to Manchester last week, and didn't have to actually charge until I got there, and basically used destination charging. So it, 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 it's a really practical car for getting around on those, and it's got I mean, reasonable space in it. I do find the shape of the boot sometimes restricts you from what you can actually get in. Sometimes um, we've also got a MG ZSEV here, and, and sometimes I, oh, that's a smaller boot. I can sometimes get, actually get more into it because of the shape of it. Um, so that, that's one thing which is maybe less, less so, but do you buy buy something like an iPost for practicality? Um, though it is a very yeah. car. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, indeed. I... I um... I've seen so, so I've seen the uh, uh, I was invited to one of the sort of reveals at the local um, Jaguar place, and uh, and I was actually very happy with uh, with the styling. Mm-hmm. Um, it probably wouldn't be the car, the car I would buy myself at this stage in my life because purely for because of the cost re- reasons. Uh, uh, but the uh, but you know I was I was looking forward actually to even test driving it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was kind of disappointed that um, I think that slipped for a couple of months uh, before I, I got a I got a chance. But you know, it was it was worth the wait. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I don't understand people who kind of don't like the styling of it because it's it, it's if there's one thing that Jaguar can do very well is the uh, is the sort of you know the the styling of, of the car. It's it's the kind of uh, uh, bread and butter. I'm not so sure about Land Rovers personally. They to me they're ugly. Uh, they're just bricks that that are slightly slightly curved, but the um, but Jaguars are always, even the bigger ones, are just you know very beautiful pieces of 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 sort of engineering and styling. When when you if you ask me, yeah. Um, and uh, when when it comes, I, I wasn't I wasn't aware of the fact that uh, it was you know it was supposed to be potentially a a, a Range Rover or Land Rover offering. Um. And of its four by four sort of off-road uh, capabilities, that's that's interesting. Um, I wonder how many people actually, you know, decided to take take it and and test the uh, test those uh, claims in practice. I, I doubt very many. I mean, that's not the sort of thing you tend to do with a Jaguar. Um, I mean, I certainly have. I've just few through circumstance, I've, I've had to. Um, I sort of flooding was on one area, um, got caught up in a fairly nasty blizzard one one day, which tested its ability on snow and ice, and it did exceptionally well. And I've done, and I've done some European trips sort of up, up to the north of Europe where it's definitely cold and chilly, so uh, um, it's it's definitely proved its worth in that respect. Well, I think one thing interesting on the styling is, is you can see how influential the iPace has been. Um, if you just look at what, what the, the cars which are out there at the moment, I mean, you, you, there's so many what I would call iPace clones 
you've got the, the Mustang Marquee, which is very iPost-like. The EV6, which is, again, very um, iPost-like. Um, so there's a lot of people picking up on that, that styling cues and, and using it. Um, I think it, it's, there's a there's a whole sort of area of the market. It's really difficult to actually classify what these things are because they're not really SUVs. They're too too, too low to be SUVs. Um, yeah. I know, know they they called CUVs or you know, crossover crossovers, whatever. I mean, they're, they're basically giant hatchbacks. <laughs> That's what they are. They're, they're hatchbacks which have grown a bit, <laughs> but they're sporty ones, fastbacks maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, like I say the. Uh, um... Because, you know, everyone associates SUVs with practical sort of day-to-day cars, which I I don't know, um, I'm not a big fan of SUVs, but, you know, uh, the reality of it is these things seem to sell, uh, sell very well, and that's what people are buying, so we have loads of them on the road, even though, you know, um, the, the pe- people don't usually tend to use common sense and, and, and logic, they just follow the other people's uh, uh, kind of opinions most most of the time and that's what happens on the road anyway but the um my i know i always joke that uh whenever i meet an ipace driver at a charger or a meetup it's usually uh a, 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 you know and a, a retired gentleman or close to the retirement age or a gentleman who just wanted to have a fun uh, jaguar to drive around and a car that's still practical yeah, um, I think enough you, to, you, to take a family out. If you actually got a, a group, if you look sort of looked at our group and on the iBase um, forums and, and Facebook group, um, there's a big, there's a sort of several areas of, of, of uh, demographics. You have got the more elderly person who's retired and's got the, the finance to afford something, and this is that this is a, 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 a an EV they could live with. Um, I think is a simple way of explaining it. Um, then you've got a lot of company car drivers. I'm a company car driver. Mine because of, because of the tax benefits and the fact that the, um, the the contract hire rates were actually quite attractive and very attractive at the moment. Um, oh, and I suppose because the, the residuals are very good. Um, certainly when I bought when I got mine through the company, the residuals hadn't really been established, so the contract hire rates were pretty high, and that's quite common with new EVs because they just don't know what they're going to retain. But nowadays, you can get some incredibly good contract hire rates, and of course, you, you've then got the tax benefits as a as a company car driver, um, which means it's, it, it's, it becomes a very cheap car to actually run if you, if you are a company car driver. Um, yeah. Yeah. Especially so, if you're doing a lot of mileage. Yeah, yeah, especially if you're doing a lot of mileage. So, so I think that that's one one area. And you've also got a lot. Um, and, and again, similarly to the company car side, that there's a couple of um, side sacrifice schemes, fairly big ones. And you you find a lot of doctors and, and senior NHS staff have got diagnoses as well. Uh, that's a, that's another area we see a lot of people in our group from. Interesting. So, so I mean, it's, it's a fairly widespread. I mean, there are some pretty, pretty young people in our group as well. It's not all. It's not all uh, retirees. But no, I, was, I was just. I was joking that the. Uh, you know, maybe it's just it tells you about. I usually drive sort of around the time when younger people are at work. Um, you know, <laughs> well, I don't think I, it, it is fair to say that you, if you want to own an iBase and you're not going to get it through the company, then you have, you do have to have a fair degree of disposable income. To be able to do that, um, I got placed myself in that that thing. My, mine was basically because of the tax breaks on the car. And and when I, I actually the first episode I ever did on my my channel on the iPace owner channel was explaining why I, I got the iPace. And at the time, it was the only car which fitted fitted the spec I needed. Um, I had a I had a certain sort of quite a set of requirements, certain distance I needed to be able to travel. And the amount of space I needed to be able to carry at the time. I don't actually carry as much as I did then. Um, 
And although I complained about the boot size, when when you put the seats back in, down in the back, it's huge. So you, you do get a lot. You can get carry a lot of stuff in in that respect. Um, so it was it was it, and it was a, one of the practicalities was it had to fit my garage, which none of the testers did, because I could probably got and gone for a Model S if it, it would have fit the build as well, but it wouldn't fit my garage. It's just too wide. Interesting. Um, because oh. I, it was the standardised garages from the 1960s, which are, which are quite narrow, and the iPad's only just fitted. It was a tight. I, I, yeah, I, I am sitting in one that's been converted into my office, so you know, I can, I can attest to the fact that it's that probably wouldn't be wide enough for a Model S. Well, I mean, that's a general thing. <laughs> I mean, about parking spaces as well. I mean, the iPad's always it's sometimes difficult to get into conventional parking spaces because of the fact that they're they're all designed around cars from the 1950s. Um, and, and cars, and it's not really the iPad's fault. I mean, all, all modern cars are a lot wider than their their, their, their older counterparts because because of their safety features. Once you stop putting side, side curtain airbags in, you, you take a lot more room up. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 indeed, and and also the you know the fact that uh, Teslas are designed for American. Yeah. Sort of requirements yeah, so they're pushing things a little bit bit more than um, there are areas in london you can't get a model x through because they're too they're, they're too wide for the barriers um which i don't but a model x is a lovely car but but it is designed for american roads um, yes yeah so i think I, I think that's that's interesting i mean one of the, one of the things i did find with the iPads is actually it's surprisingly easier to maneuver than i thought it was going to be um and that's pri- primarily because it's very flat-sided once once you and once the handles have, have got in it's very easy to maneuver. Um, I've had a, I might have had a couple of incidents in, over over the years. Um, when I first got it, one of the, um, one of the problems with the iPad has been the entertainment system, uh, and uh, it's a lot lot better now. And I, I'm quite happy with it now. But in the early days, it was very laggy, um, very very slow. And, and the version on so um, there's been two versions of the entertainment system. So the pre 2019 uh, 2021 cars or 2020 cars, I think had. Um, Antonio Simon Silver Touch Duo, um, and the new ones have a thing called PB Pro, um, and I've got the older version, and that's now good. I mean, they've, they've, they've improved it, but in the early days it was incredibly laggy, and particularly on the cameras. And I didn't realise there was like a four-second lag on on the camera, so I just reversed straight into a, into a, a lamppost because I didn't. I thought I had loads of loads of room. I didn't, <laughs> so that well. was a bit embarrassing and a bit and a bit annoying. Um, but and the, the other thing, the other incident I did have was, uh, and this is my own silly thought, was manoeuvring in a, in a car park, and I went through a gap I normally get through quite happily, and then decided that I wanted to move the car. Forgot that the handles, the, the door handles, would have popped out, so I caught the door handles because it was a tighter gap than I could actually get through with the door handles. Out. <laughs> so that, that, was, that was the that, that's, that's a modern world problem. You don't know. <laughs> Most people judge their car based on where the door handles normally are, and of course, like those because they they do go flush on the sides, which is great for them. Like the like the jack, the, 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 the testers as well have that, and it does help with the aerodynamics. But it, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I mean, it, it it it's not something that most people think about because most uh, cars have you know um, static um, door handles. I, c- I can think about yeah Model S obviously, um, and uh, the uh, I don't know if you've seen the new uh, Ionic uh, Five. Yes, indeed. Yeah, Th- that has the the door handles that pop out as well. Yeah. Um, and. I can't really think of any any other cars that have the same feature as well, which obviously is based on the same same door handles as the Ionic Five's got. Um, okay. 
it's just a car. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, but there's not many. There's not many which do that. I mean, there's some there's some some ice cars which have have those pop out handles, but it's it's, it's a rare thing, and it's not something I wasn't used to. Um, I mean, it is great, and uh, and it does certainly make it a lot easier to get through gaps when when you when you got the handles in, because they don't, they don't certainly don't take up anywhere near as much room. Um, but- so, there's uh, certainly this uh, sh- there's a question that everyone's going to be asking themselves, and certainly I, I do is like, um, so would you would if if you didn't have one for uh, for the last couple of years, would you go and buy it now, or is there any? Are there any rumours about any yeah, this, this, this is actually a big question for me at the moment because my car is due to be replaced in February and at the moment I actually can't get an iPace which I would match my requirements because of the component shortage. So, I mean, there's, there's certain things I like to have in my cars. Head-up display, for example. I, I, I do like the head-up display. Um, and you can't actually get an iPace with that at the moment unless you're prepared to wait a year. So I'm, I'm not going to be able to get a new one with that, that spec. And I should have probably planned a bit more for this but you just don't think about those things. But I, 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 I've allowed six months in, in advance. That's sort of normal lead time on cars. Um, and I should have probably allowed a bit longer. So, so I'm thinking about that. And what do I do? I'm probably, I can can I extend the iPost, and that's one option. I've also looked at a couple of other cars. I've mentioned the EV6 because I've looked at that pretty closely, and I think that's a really good iPost competitor. It's, it's a, I don't know what the handling is going to be like, but they do say they've tweaked it quite a lot to, to make it work. It's a lovely looking car, looks very iPace like. And other than, I mean, I know some people sort of would say about the boot on the on the EV6 because it has got a quite strange boot design. I have to say, it looks a lot better in person than it did did in photos. Indeed, press, yeah. press it on press photos, but when I actually saw it on, in reality, I, I actually thought, well, okay, that's all right. And it's got some bits I really like. I mean, I like, I like the positioning of, of the charge port on it. The, the position of the charge button the iPace is, is is really awkward at times, being on the size side with certain certainly with some of the shorter charging cables that certain providers have. I mean, I was uh, at the um, Motor Fuel Group's new EV charging hub in Manchester last week, um, and that's a great place and fantastic sort of like petrol station without petrol. I mean, it's got all all the facilities you normally have in a in a, ga- in a petrol station, but no no petrol pumps and just charges. Um, and it's brilliant, but but the cables on those Evo uh, Swaco um, chargers are, are really short, <laughs> and getting them to work in the iPace means you've got a, again you've got a part really close to the charger. You then drag, drag it around the side, and one of the big problems is the flap, which opens outwards, opens out to the front. So you've got to get the charge cable around the flap, um, and, and then plug it in, and then and avoid it, and then then it tends to be stretching. It's, it's not making very good contact. So with those charges, I actually have to hold it in to get it charged. So so that's something I, I find I find challenging with iPads is actually sometimes getting those. those whereas obviously the EV6 on the back being on the on the rear. Um, Part of the, the, of the car is a very easy, easy to plug in. It's not going to be difficult. Logic can be burst into its space. Um, okay. And I also like some of the tech in the EV6 as well. I think the the, the entertainment system in there is well ahead of what the iPad has got in terms of performance and, and, and the stuff it's got and the head-up display as well. Um, so that's one what I am seriously considering and looking at. I think it's a really good. In fact, on our iPace driver show, which is coming out this weekend, myself and Abidab do talk about the EV6 in quite detail because it's it's, it's definitely a um, a very very interesting car. 
Um, so yeah, there's. Uh, but that's one one I've looked at. I did look at the, the Master Mark E. It rejected that because it didn't quite have the iPace feel to it. I mean, there's nothing really out there which isn't like an iPace. It's, it's, it's all things which are quite close, but there's nothing. I mean, the problem, the reason I'm sort of considering EV6 is it's hard to justify. Yes, it's not quite as good as, as the iPace, and, and maybe the GT version of it when it comes out next next end of next year might be pretty close. It'll be faster, but it might or not it might actually handle as well. But I have to think to myself: is is the iPace thirty thousand pounds better than the EV6? And I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it. Uh... Certainly, EV6 is going to be uh, much cheaper. I actually, I, I've sat in one, um, but it was a prototype, so I, I didn't get a chance to drive it. Yep. I did. I did drive um, Ionic Five. Uh, I had it for three hours, uh, and I posted a video, like a quick video review on my channel, and it was plenty quick. Um, you know, um, and it's got massive tires. Uh, really, really wide. I can't remember the, uh, the 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 dimensions, but they're much wider than the ones on the iPace. Which uh, sounds to me like they're, they're there for a reason, <laughs> uh, you know, because yeah, certainly the I'm driving Kia Enira at the moment, which is a plenty quick car as well. It's not obviously not I-Pace quick. It's a it's a front wheel drive only, so you know it has all the sort of um, uh, issues coming w- with that. Uh, doesn't the 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 the, the um, because it's a multi uh, energy platform. It's not designed to handle that much torque, basically. So there's plenty of times when you step on the throttle halfway, and the wheels are spinning because you know the tires are not wide enough to to handle that. Um, and uh, yeah, I have to say, Ionic Five just blew my mind uh, uh, when it comes to performance. Um, and that was the rear wheel drive version. Um, people are now receiving the uh, four wheel drive uh, Project Forty Five uh, versions, which are obviously. But you're probably after, which is the uh, the four wheel drive or or, or all wheel all wheel drive as they call it, mm. um, and uh, the the looks are are way different to uh, you know, polar opposites from uh, Jaguar. It's all very squarey, blocky, and uh, kind of eighties feel yeah. to it. But uh, I kind of like it personally, to be fair. Uh, but it's you know it's a it's a marmite mm. thing. Isn't but it? it's, isn't it great? We've got this choice now. You've got some really good cars coming out. Uh, and some really good architectures coming out for the EVs, and we'll talk, maybe talk about that in a second with the Ionic and the EV6. But we've got the choice. We've got two very different-looking cars, which give you a really great EV. Um, and, and back when I when I bought the iPace, that wasn't the case. The iPace was the only thing on the market which I actually liked. <laughs> I've not sort of the Teslas, but, but but the only one which was practical um, and still liked. So it's, it's great. This come on like this far, and we can actually have this choice now. It it is amazing. Um, like I said, I um, you know, since I I didn't I don't own uh, iPace, I can't really compare uh, uh, to other cars. But I've never I've, I've never uh, spoken to anybody who would drive an iPace, who was driving an iPace, and would say, oh, it doesn't have a big enough booth boot or anything like that. In fact, I think it was in the Yorkshire. Uh, I went to the one of the Yorkshire meetups, and there was a gentleman there uh, with the whole family. Uh, he was, you know, a granddad and uh, and had, you know, uh, two grand uh, grandkids with him and and some one of the other parents, uh, and they were not complaining about the uh, the boot space or the space in the car <laughs> whatsoever. Um, and and like I say, it's plenty quick. And when it when it comes to options uh, on iPace, um, am I correct in thinking that the powertrain is always the same, 
is just the uh, the trimming that changes inside yeah, the car. So yeah, the, but there are there are a couple of um, specific uh, European countries which have some very specific um, reduced power powertrains, but that's actually software controls. It's basically the same car underneath. Um, and that, okay. that's, that's purely to do with tax regimes, so they, they can fit un, under a certain power threshold and get, get different, different taxation. Um, <clears throat> but basically, yes, yes so you, you've got the, the, the three basic models now. You've got the S, SE and HSE, um, and, and they've all got the same powertrain, same same drive system. It may not have the same suspension, because um, the, the higher end have got air suspension, whereas the, the, the lower end are on springs. Um, that can make a difference on the handling. But they've all got the torque steering. They've all got all, everything. The, the, the Jaguar magic, as I would call it, in terms of the car. I mean, you drive an S. It may not have all the bang gizmos in it, but it certainly drives well. It drives, drives. Okay. Um, there's, there's quite a substantial difference in cost between the base model and the high-end model. Of course. <laughs> they, might, they must be making money somewhere. Uh, so I'm not familiar with this uh, torque steering concept what was the what's the magic in that? Oh, but it's, it's it's basically using it's using the fact you get talking so much talking the most to adjust the torque levels between the wheels. It's, it's not it's not quite as clever as doing each individual, but because there's motors front and back, it can it can adjust the, the, the different differential between the two of them. It's, it's someone defined it as an electronic differential, but it's far more than that. It's, it's, it, so you you can you can even do things like it could could potentially spin the wheels backwards to to, to get grip of the you know, turning. And it basically means you can force you around a corner really quickly. So you can you can turn around corners a lot faster than you would do anywhere else. I mean, I I was a very lucky enough to be able to take it on a, a test track which had a, a an alpine hairpin hairpin um, structure, and I was allowed to go a bit faster than the, the people would normally be allowed to go on that. And I was I was actually going around with a, a professional driver. This was I wasn't actually doing the driving time, but I think I could. Um, and they were taking around 80, 90 miles an hour around these hairpins, which I would, any other car would be taking around 20. <laughs> okay. So it's interesting. So, and, and that was all purely down to this fact that the, the steering, the, the, the car is using the, the, the torque to actually manoeuvre, sort of change the vectoring of the car to actually get around it. So, I mean, it's, it's a simple sort of thing you can do with rear wheel drive. I mean, it's, and some cars. I've sort of, and if you do remember the the Lightning EV, which has been touted a few years ago, that was going to have torque steering on each of its individual wheels, and you could adjust them. It's a bit like um, it's a bit like where a tank drives in some ways. <laughs> You've got the, the tracks going in different directions to, to steer very rapidly. Um, it's yeah, not I, quite I, as I think. Yeah, it, uh, it I, I, the, I think one car that I can think about now that has actually started production recently today or yesterday is the Rivian. Yes, uh, yeah. R one. It, it has that 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 concept. They it does, mentioned. and they've actually taken it further. So, so what they're doing is, is even more so than the way the iPad works. Um, I'm very looking. I'm looking forward a lot to see how the Vivian actually handles when I get my hands on one at some point. Yeah, and but obviously they've they've done it for different reasons because it's a you know it's a uh, sort of off roading yeah capable and, vehicle that. And I, I don't actually know if this, I haven't got any facts on this, but I, I kind of suspect that the reason we've got this great steering mechanism on the on the iPads is, again, because of the, the, the Range Rover routes, because it would have been sort of yeah, something yeah. you need for getting out of trouble in, in, in slippy situations. Yeah, that makes sense. So um, so we, we don't know whether there's any refresh models coming out. And uh, I, I, I personally, I you know, 
I know you you love your car, but I have to. I, I've got plenty of bad things to say about Jaguar and Land Rover when it comes to um, to them not bringing things to market. Because, like you said, they, you know, when they when they brought iPace, they were um, they were well ahead of uh, any other sort of certainly European manufacturer. Um, and uh, and we're all kind of anticipating uh, other electric vehicles from the uh, the stables, um, and nothing's showed up so far. So you know, there's been plenty of cancelled. Projects, but the extra it seems prime prime one, yeah, of course, which is yeah, which is pretty well down the road. Although, having said that, I understand my understanding of that is that got pulled very much between pillar and post because it was a platform which was going to be shared between Jaguar and Range Rover, and I think Range Rover people kept adding things to the platform, which actually made it uneconomic to run as as the XJ pad platform. Uh, this is what I basically I've heard. So, um, I mean, talking about yeah. refreshes, I do know that the, the, that. There's been a lot of rumour lately about um, iPace refreshes. I don't think anything's happening in this model yet. Um, they've made, they've made, made minor tweaks. Um, actually, cuts cut some bits of the product which were in in the spec initially and made them options. And it's this is all like cost saving stuff for a lot of a lot of the ones I've recently. Um, but but I have heard that there's a fairly major refresh coming due in the next couple of years. Um, sort of almost ground up. Um, which I'm interested to see what that is and how that works. And, I mean, there's so many rumours bounding around at the moment, and it is all rumours there. So here's that. So I don't want to go too much detail on something because it's just a bit. Obviously, the, they've had to Thierry Bolleri, who's taken over as the, the CEO, and he's basically pushing Jaguar to be an EV only company, but at a very high end. He's not, not, he's not talking. I think I, mean, I, I laughed and joked that, that once I heard the announcement, that I probably won't be able to afford the Jaguar next time it becomes that if they do reduce this refresh, because I suspect it's going to be over 100k. <laughs> oh, <laughs> okay. Interesting. Well, as long as they bring uh, some other models to fill the gaps, because the, well, uh, I, I, I mean, if you actually look what he said, he, he wants to go toe to toe with the Maseratis of this world. So he's not, he's not, he's not. Um, oh, well. <laughs> looking, at, uh, looking at low-end cars, and, and actually, it makes some sense from a Jaguar point of view. I mean, if, if they can produce high-margin vehicles in in lower numbers, it's actually better for them than going the mass market because they've never been a mass market manufacturer. They just can't make that threshold to make that work. So, if, if you make more bespoke cars and you compete with the Bentleys and the, and the Maseratis as well, it's actually quite a good market to be in for that sort of car manufacturer. Uh, yeah, and, and give, given that all those luxury uh, car manufacturers are dragging their feet when it comes to electrification, yeah, yeah. Um, you know that that's really a nice gap. And obviously, Tesla's nowhere near that, uh, <laughs> and yeah. probably never I will mean, that's, be. That's, that's the, the one thing you, you definitely get with an iPad. You get you do get the build quality, you get the luxury inside. You, if the quality of the materials is always good. Um, yeah, I'm, I've I'm, been... I'm, I'm less of a snob for that sort of stuff. I, I don't, I don't <laughs> mind a bit of plastic on my dashboard, but um, but it's certainly not going to get there with an iPad. <laughs> no, but the, when it comes to like uh, you know the choices of, of colours and materials, I've always been impressed. Uh, whenever I walked into a, a, a Jaguar Land Rover garage, sort of how much choice you get as a as a you know uh, as somebody who's looking for cars. Compared to other brands, certainly. Yeah, you, um, you do. I mean, and certainly that's something I noticed when I was sort of glancing some of the other cars. And the EV6, for example, is very restricted what you can get in the colour. Because you can't change the interior, it colours or anything like that. Which is something you'd always be able to do with a Jag. Um, so, I mean, I think 
that, that's one of the great things about Jaguar. I mean, the one thing which I often get pushed back about, about me, especially from Tesla drivers, is, is the economy of the, of the, of the iPace. It's not, it's not the most economical car. Then again, you wouldn't buy a petrol or an ice, ice jack for its economy. Um, exactly. Like, uh, you, yeah, it's not, it's not a car you buy for uh, economical driving. But then when it's electric, it's, you know, it's much more uh, economical than, than your well, yeah, ice car. I mean, I said, so, so, yeah, okay, it's not, in terms of miles per kilowatt hour, hour it's, it's not the most economical car, electric car out there, but it still does 230 miles uh, on a charge, and that's good enough. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. do it. I mean, it does mean it's a little bit more expensive to run than perhaps your car would be. <laughs> uh, it, it, at the end of the day, it all depends on how you drive the car yes. as well, because I'm, I'm sure there are some people who are capable of hypermiling an iPace. Oh, yeah, well, I, I, I know of, of someone who, who just definitely does hypermile his iPace and gets nearly 300 miles out of it on a charge, so it's... Uh, wow. <laughs> it's possible. That, that, yeah, that is a skill, because I'm, I'm, I'm well known for not being a very uh, chill driver when it comes to, to acceleration. I, I'm still six years on and, you know, 80,000, 90,000 miles of, <laughs> of EV driving. I'm still happy to, to, um, to slam on it. Uh, when when you're uh, when you can, um, it, so I, 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 I get it, I, I describe it as, as that um, go car. Uh, well, it's, it's, it's more bumper bumper car moment when you just put that foot down and it just goes. Yes, uh, and the die post particularly just goes. Yeah, my previous I had a, I had a Nissan Leaf, and um, you know I always thought Nissan Leaf was fast, but the uh, my car can do, you know. I, there's there's plenty of times on the road where there's an Audi or BMW driver because they usually the ones stereotypical you know uh, uh, a holes basically on the road and the um and uh, and you know and you have to kind of show them the way uh, and they're always trying to chase you up in my car I can't imagine what it would be like if I had an eye pace. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so but, so the uh, yeah. Uh, Sorry, I was just—I was just going to say. So I, we were laughing the other day that someone impressed was talking about one uh, one of the new electric cars, and I think it was zero to sixty in, in seven seconds. And they said, well, "This is particularly slow, slow electric car." And we just thought, when did zero to sixty in seven seconds become slow? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, like if you if you said to somebody in eighties yeah. or or seventies that your car can do seven uh, not to sixteen in seven seconds, they'll be like, "Wow, that's fast." And supercar, um, territory. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and yeah. Uh, Nowadays, everyone's bragging about two or three seconds, and to me, that's just way too fast. You're not gonna. Uh, I mean, there's been cases where because we had a we had a Model S uh, through EV experience or Polar experience rather, um, and there's been times when I could successfully overtake a group of cars on the road, you know, uh, on a stretch in in that car because it had that much power. Uh, so it is useful sometimes, but I'm sure it. Uh, I'm sure not everyone's got the skill or uh, or kind of ability well, to, to we handle are, we it. We are getting on the edge of what people's reaction times are. I mean, when you start getting up to 60s and sub-2s, it's, it's, it's beyond what most people can actually handle, <laughs> reaction-wise. I, I, yeah, I, I, could, I, could, I could argue that anything below sort of five or even four seconds is, yeah. is already beyond uh, sort of anybody's ability. Because well, it's all great when you're, when you're ready for it, when you're kind of mentally prepared. But if you... If you're just an sort of quote unquote innocent driver um, who got a, got yourself an electric car, and um, I don't know if iPace has that, but the um, most of the electric cars that I've driven 
even if you're in eco mode or sort of you know the restricted sort of speed acceleration mode there's always a switch at the bottom of the um, uh, the acceleration pedal if you so if you slam it all the way to the floor it will just give you all the all the beans uh with, regardless of of the mode and i'm sure that could be shocking to somebody who doesn't expect that yeah definitely uh, and the ipad really doesn't have that because it it, it doesn't really even in eco mode, it doesn't really restrict the acceleration that much. I mean, it's a tiny, tiny amount of restriction. You just don't know. You don't notice it really. It's more about turning okay. off sudden, sundry equipment. I mean, it reduces the air conditioning and things like that, and slightly changes the the, the shift, the, the difference difference between the front and rear wheels in, in all-wheel drive mode. Oh, this does now. I didn't used to. That's actually one of the changes they made when they did the updates. It actually did did make a big difference on uh, motorway driving. Economy. But yeah, it's, 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 but I think, I mean, there's that classic video which did around a few months back of, of someone basically messing up parking big time in, in, in the iPads, um, sort of slamming into those cars. And, and that was basically because they just were taken by surprise by the acceleration. You, you, exactly. That's what, that's what I mean. There's a, there, there's certainly a big gap when it comes to EVs, um, where, you know, because if, if, if you buy an ICE car, um, you're not going to buy yourself a three liter turbocharged whatever. Uh, you know, you, uh, most people will just buy one point two liter something um, when they just want to do along slowly to the to the uh, um, shoppings or to see their family. And there's a gap in the sort of EV market where you know you put a quite powerful motor, but you but you still restrict the other uh, acceleration curve so that the car is very efficient uh, because you can't do any, you can't go faster. So you you're not wasting that much energy, and you don't need a huge battery, but you will have much greater range. Um, everyone's still going for the for the sort of the the oomph and the acceleration, and I, I get it because you know that's how you win people uh, uh, in general. Uh, but uh, but when it comes to efficiency and the range, I think there's still a, a massive gap. When uh, yeah, just to, to just to shift this, uh, you know, um, on the on the sort of. Uh, on the sort of bad side of iPace, you've mentioned that initially there was a there was a lot of troubles with software, and you know Jackie is certainly uh, not the only company. Uh, VW had obviously recently mm, yeah. a, a lot of bad press with I, uh, with ID3, uh, uh, and you know it's only been sort of a couple of months since they've released uh, version two of the software that actually is a bit more practical. Uh, yeah. Although I could I, I could still argue it's 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 not. It's not um, as cohesive and and sort of well designed as it should be, but you know they're getting there. But I think um, you have to remember that most car manufacturers are not software companies. They're not. They they, they buy their equipment in. They 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 used to buy indeed. components in for the dashboards and the and the controls, and they're not used to having to produce integrated systems. Which really, when you've got an EV, particularly when you've got something which is going to do any form of uh, assisted driving, you you need to have all those integrated systems, and people expect indeed that. indeed. And, and that, yeah. that's an expectation which has come from Tesla. I, I gave a total due for Tesla for that. Tesla are a software company, in primarily yep, yep. a software company, over and above what they do with the, the hardware. Um, and it shows. And, and other manufacturers have had to take heed, and, they're, and they're now being judged on that, which they wouldn't have done before. And they're starting to try and ramp up their, their ability to... Um, yeah. To, to, to handle software, but they, they they haven't got those skills in place, and it, and it takes a long time. I'm in, I'm in the software industry. I know about this stuff, and it, it's same. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we had this discussion, um, and and it's really difficult to get this right. And uh, um, 
I think that that's that's the big issue. But but no, certainly early days there were a lot of issues with software. Um, but this was some stupid stuff on the electronics, which is is not not really EV specific, more Jaguar specific. The sort of um, some of the, they have a bit of a reputation on that electronics and so things going on. <laughs> but uh, but actually, one of the typical things which actually has affected testers as well, has affected other cars, and I know Tesla are now moving away from this. Is, is but um, one of the big issues that, which a lot of EVs have is the twelve volt battery. This is where I was going with this. Um, but the uh, before we, we get on, is it's the um, uh, also like, everyone's talking about the uh, Tesla being primarily a software company, but they're also kind of like other other you know uh, uh, big big companies out there. They're becoming more and more sort of vertically integrated uh, yes. companies, uh, which is even more important than just being a software company oh, because yeah. you yeah, you want to control everything because you know it's great. It's great to learn so, write, writing software for or your trinkets, but if you have many components that you don't control yourself, and then third party develops software for it, the uh, the it's much harder to fix bugs and and iron out any issues uh, than if you have it all under your own. I, I, I do think that's that's really important, actually very key with Tesla. One of the things that they're not being affected by the chip shortages as much as other people because they've actually got their own chip manufacturing and stuff, and they bought put lots of stuff out. Um, although they are using LG batteries for some things now and, and, and not their own batteries, but it's, it, I think that um, some of these other companies do, do suffer from the fact that they just bulk to get components together um, and, and they, don't, they don't control how all those components work. Yeah, exactly. But So let, let's go back, because you, you, you've raised a good point about the 12-volt battery. That seems to be something that, uh, you know, I don't think anyone would expect um, EVs to have a problem with auxiliary batteries. Uh, yeah. Yet somehow this little pesky battery is killing a lot of EVs, including iPaces. Yeah. What's going on with that? Well, I think, I think a lot of the problem with the 12 volt battery is it's, it was designed for a petrol car. It was designed for the, the way where a petrol car can charge with the alternator. And and yes, you've got a lot of battery sitting there in, in, in the. Um, in the big battery, in the main battery of your, of your car, but it's actually quite difficult to get that across into a 12 volt battery in any way. And and so you do suffer for a lot of the time from just not being charged properly. They don't get the charging cycles they're expecting to get, and they're not designed to get. And and there are now 12 volt batteries which have been, or auxiliary batteries, because some of them are actually 24 volt, um, which have been designed specifically for EVs. Um, but you do you actually question whether we actually need them at all. Why can't we just have some sort of uh, of uh, converter coming out of the big battery to actually do, do the, the lower voltage systems? Um, <laughs> and, that, um, and, and that's that's a cost. It's a cost which people don't want to because it's an engineering cost. It's not at the moment you can just go out and buy your 12 volt battery components. You don't have to think about it. You've got you, all your fuse boxes, everything. You you can do exactly the same as you've always done with your ice car. Um, plug it in. That's what most manufacturers did, and that's why they've had issues because they they don't get the same charging cycles as they do with a with an alternator, um, and they're Indeed. designed for that, um, and they start to fail. Um, and and you, and the biggest issue tends to be if the if the twelve volt goes flat, then nothing works, <laughs> which is you end up with dead dead cars because you can't yeah. even move them because they, they, everything relies on the twelve volts to get started. Um, Indeed. Indeed, like well, loads of people miss kind of the point that the um, you know even though you have a, the big battery, the big battery is off by default, yes. and um, and uh, and the twelve volt battery powers any any sort of safety circuitry that monitors the big battery. So um, it's like a chicken and egg thing, you know. You, you kind of need this twelve volt battery to be able to turn on the big battery. Uh, and it doesn't necessarily have to be a twelve volt battery. I mean, I've I've certainly seen some interesting potential designs using capacitors 
for that so basically charging a capacitor from from a, from the big battery which would, would from high volt to taking high voltage into a capacitor is actually a lot easier than taking high voltage into a 12 volt um in sort of conventional lead acid type battery which is very different i know some now when i started seeing some lithium ion um, versions of the, the, the accessory batteries and that that will help um but yeah you know it's definitely, it was definitely in the early days it was definitely a big issue with the ipace um, lots of people were finding that was dying and but it's not, it's not just an iPage problem. I mean, I know the MGZS group, they've, they've, they've had a lot of issues with 12-volt batteries as well, so it's definitely... Same, same with Kia and Eros. Um, they seem to be going after two years. Yeah. Um, but, but so it's... Because, uh, you know, when, whenever I read... I'm, I'm, I am... I think I am on the Facebook iSpace group kind of just lurking in the shadows most of the time. Uh, but the... Uh, Every time I kind of I get, go in there, I, I seem to be reading about somebody's twelve volt battery dying. Yeah. Um, but is it is it really that much of an issue, or is it it's, just it's, a couple of people that? It's a it's a high percentage of the issues which occur. I mean, obviously, any anything like a Facebook group, you tend to see more people post. But people don't post about that. They've had a lovely day driving today. They, they post where the car car goes. Of course. So, so as as a percentage of the the owners, it's not a huge percentage. It is. I mean, it is probably still still a higher number than most EVs out there have had. I mean, the Kia, Kia maybe not so because I think you're pretty close with the, the, the issues I'm seeing on the Nero now. Um, but certainly, it was it was a very very um, challenging uh, thing to sort out. There. And they have they've changed some components now. There's, there's there's been some updates which should stop that 12 volt being drained quite so much. And part of the problem was the telemetry uh, control unit. So this is, again, another thing that, that has come in more with modern cars. And it's not just like EVs, but it tends to be with, associated with EVs because it's coming around the same time as EVs are starting to take preference. Is the whole idea of over-the-air updates, which obviously you can do on the iPads. Um, and the, for that, you need some sort of telemetry control. You need, you need a, a phone signal. You need that. And sometimes those things actually can eat 12-volt batteries because they're on all the time looking for updates. Uh, unless they're, they're written and programmed properly, the firmware on those programmed properly, they can they can they can be a major issue. And that was what one of the reasons that the 12 volt was draining on the iPace, particularly bad. Yeah. Um, so so I mean it, it's it, that's I think that's fairly much fixed now. But the problem is a lot of drivers haven't had the updates because unless you specifically go for that, go to your dealer for that update, you don't get it. It's not an over the air one because it can't be done over the air because it's actually updating the over the air components, <laughs> which is. <laughs> Okay. Um, but yeah, so and so unless you go for your service, and, and we were saying this uh, on the show, on my, my iPad driver show the other day, one of the issues with modern cars is we don't go in for servicing that often. So if these updates come out, say two week, two weeks after you bought the car, you may not get the updates for two years, even unless it's over the air. That is uh, that's true, but the and it's also like you like I think I think the primary issue is the um, the the car probably has been designed. Well enough to handle the uh, you know topping up the twelve volt battery. Um, it's just the the the, bat- the the twelve volt batteries themselves are not designed to have so many shallower uh, uh, charge and discharge yeah. cycles. Because because yeah. on on a nice car, the battery is just basically the the auxiliary battery is just a big capacitor that is its only job is to kind of smooth out mm. the troughs and and peaks uh, in the alternator uh, uh, output, but also. It needs to provide a giant amount of electricity to crank up the engine yeah. initially, and that's that's its kind of main job. Yeah. And it gets discharged to like you know something like thirty, forty percent just doing that. Mm. Um, and obviously, it's not going to do that in an EV. So um, 
so it, that becomes a problem. Cycle. And, and yeah, yeah. I think the other thing with that is is that to twelve volt batteries do fail in, in ice cars as well. I mean, I, I oh yeah. Oh, yeah. I had no end of problems. My the last ice car I actually had with, with the twelve volt battery. I think I had it replaced four times over five year period. <laughs> so, so it's not just an EV problem. But but, but obviously, on an EV, it tends to be more catastrophic because <laughs> nothing works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and uh, yeah, and and because yeah, it's on on Kia Niro. Um, I again, like you say, it's you, you hear from people who have issues a lot, and uh, and nobody's posting, you know. Uh, the you know how much of a lovely day they had uh, driving their EV unless they're new to it because uh, at, at least on the uh, in Euro forums we tend to hear from people who which is are getting the new car and they're very excited about it and they haven't read the manual and they don't want to read the manual but they ask loads of questions and kind of relay all the experiences that they had for a couple of days and then they kind of stop posting until something goes wrong um that's so, very very familiar <laughs> <laughs> but that's just a human condition isn't it, it we, is, just, yeah. we tend to not not to complain about things or, or boast about things unless you're on instagram obviously but that's a different medium mm-hmm. <laughs> and it skews completely different differently um uh, so yeah it'll be it'll be interesting what you what you're going to pick as your next car i'll be i'll be really curious about that yeah well, um, i haven't made any decisions yet i mean, I, I, I definitely wanted to, to test drive the ev6 i think that's that's one that's on that's on my short list um i'm 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 even considering keeping this side pace because i absolutely love this car i've got um, i mean even though i've had a, a couple of issues with it i mean i've, I've I've had two two times two times I've had to call out the the Jaguar roadside assistance people. Um, first time was caused by a charger, um, not quite doing what it should have done, um, and ended up with a high high voltage fault being detected by the car. So this is this is basically where, it, where the car thinks that the that um, the bodywork of the car has gone live. <laughs> that's not good <laughs> yeah, so, which it has but, but it's, it's the way that the, 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 it's all down to the, again to this CCS standard not being 100% and, and certain charges mm. in the early days and I think there has been some work on on Jaguar's side and also on the charger side to stop this happening quite so much but in the early days you used to occasionally get this thing come up, up that so it, it detected this and of course the car at that point takes the safe route and says I'm not I'm not letting you drive this anymore I'm, not, I'm, I'm shutting down now you you, you you could kill yourself with this high voltage stuff so yeah um, so and so I had to end up uh, stranded uh, in the middle of Norfolk um, waiting for roadside assist to turn out on a Sunday evening which is not but not the best time to call for roadside assistance you're not going to get the standard Jaguar people during no, that time no. so it was a standard AA guy who didn't really know what he was doing with an EV um, and then they had to send out the low loader, and that, that, then they couldn't get the car on the low loader because obviously you, 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 the wheels don't turn if it's locked in that mode. So it was, it was all it was all a bit of a pain to get get it recovered. And, and then they, for some unearthly reason, reason, although I live in Peterborough, and I was halfway between Peterborough and Norwich, they decided to take it back to Norwich. So I ended up having to go and collect it about four weeks later. Um, and it took them four weeks to diagnose the problem as well, which was really annoying. Because because I know now no no that problem could have been actually handled with a very simple reset and it would have been I'd been able to drive it the next day. Uh, it's just <laughs> it, back but back then it was early days and people just there was a lot of learning curves on this stuff. So it's particularly particularly incompatibility between start charges and, and, and cars. Um, and the only other breakdown I had, which is actually quite recent, last last week, um, was actually not an EV problem per se. It was it was to do with the bus, the cars bus, um, and two components not talking to each other properly in the car, which could have happened on a nice car as well. Um, 
I, I still find it absolutely stunning that we 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 still rely on network technology, which was obsolete in the late '80s, for, for to run our cars. <laughs> we wouldn't run it in, in the IT world now because we know it know it never worked properly. <laughs> but it, it was used to, to, to talk between components and cars. Um, yeah, and, and again, this is the problem with uh, the industry. You've got so many manufacturers. To, uh, you know, um, there's, there's a reason why. All of a sudden, all the cars in the in the world or in Europe certainly get uh, something like the lane assist and 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 sort of other such features at the same time is because you know uh, Siemens and Bosch and yeah. uh, whoever else yeah. all of a sudden yeah. produces yeah. loads of yeah yeah they, they just produce boxes that do that yeah. um, sort of thing and then everyone just integrates them with their cars yeah and, um, and they have to run and because of that you need to integrate the standards for the buses which they use to, to, to torture each other but those standards yeah. have been in place for a very long time now and uh, <laughs> they haven't really evolved and that causes some issues and basically what I had was two of my components were telling the car to do different things one, one was telling it to put itself in reverse and the other one was telling itself to put it in the forward and it tried very hard to do that being an EV oh, wow. <laughs> but That's... it wasn't a very pleasant experience <laughs> oh, oh. How, how did it manifest itself then what was the, basically uh... I started to pull the car to pull forward and then, then suddenly lurch backwards and lurch forward and lurch backwards and lurch forward and then bang <laughs> and oh, loud okay. bang which is I think just the some something clashing inside. I mean, it, it hasn't caused any permanent damage, damage, and it was actually fixed with a software update to those components. Hmm. So, it's 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 interesting. It's interesting. I, I don't want to go on the tangent and the uh, and talk about the charging issue because it's you know I think you know my my personal point of view is that the uh, it should be the car manufacturer who kind of should ensure that the car is um, sort of compatible with the. The couple, the biggest networks in the country that it's selling the car in, but it's it's not easy, obviously. Like it's, well, I'm, 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 I'm making it sound like Jaguar, it's easy, they did do that with the biggest networks in the country at the, at the time. It's just some of the the ones which have come along since have, been, have, have not worked necessarily with it. Yeah, uh, but but the uh, uh, it's it's funny to me because um, I I had a Nissan Leaf, and you know it for all its faults, that car was. Hey, happy. I mean, it had a chat mode, uh, a port, not CCS, but it was happy to take electricity from anything as long as you fed it DC or AC to yeah. any sort of degree of standard. It was happy. Well, and I've seen plen- plenty of you know on the especially on the AC chargers in London. I've seen plenty of uh, i3 uh, BMW i3 uh, drivers and Zoe drivers stranded uh, on the same charger that my Nissan Leaf was happy to. Happy to yeah. accept electricity from. I mean, time uh, is an interesting one because it's that's a, that's a simple standard and it shouldn't really cause issues. I think a lot of times true. it's the contacts on the on, on on the pins, the signal pins, which are, are they get corroded over time and people don't put them back properly and they get wet and things like that. And that, that can that can cause problems. And some some cars are better at reading that. I think the Nissan Leaf was definitely better at reading, making good contact and all that. But the, but I think on Chadamo side of things, Chadamo had a huge advantage in, in that it is a proper standard. <laughs> Both ends ends know what they've got to do, whereas and it's quite simple. In, it's quite in, simple. In, yeah, I mean it's quite yeah. simple but complicated. There, there are some, some, some but the, the problem with CCS is it, it was a, a standard created by committee, and was designed basically for a couple of cars. Um, actually, which neither which worked hundred percent properly with it anyway. But uh, and then some of the component choices in there were driven by some of those members of the committee and aren't necessarily the best things to have in it. Um, so it's it, it's a difficult standard to get right. Um, and it doesn't, um, and unlike 
chatterbolt which has some minimal standards for things like cable length and the, and the like there's no there's nothing like that on ccs you can basically create your own you, there is a, i think there's a very short short minimal standard for cable but uh, you basically can create any length of cable you like uh, which causes problems if the car manufacturers put their charge ports in odd places <laughs> yeah interesting i mean uh, with, with I, I know for a fact that with the bmw i3 the, the ac charging problems were due to the fact that the uh, uh, the charger on board is is very sensitive to to changes in in um, in the uh, uh, what do you call it in the uh, in this in the hertz of the, uh, the that come out of the the charger you know when it's fifty or sixty hertz and w- when it varies too much it it's kind of yeah. very sensitive to that but it also is is very sensitive to changes in the in the voltage itself and if you're in London or in any sort of place where there's there's a lot of things turning on and off at the same time you get loads of you know little spikes and yeah. uh, as soon as the car detects that and is unhappy about it it, it will just shut itself off whereas yeah, the um, sense actually yeah uh, I, the, I the charger that is the possibility but that actually makes an awful lot of sense especially in London yeah whereas, whereas the, uh, the, ch- the charger in, in Nissan uh, was obviously designed to like to deal with anything and uh, hats off to them for that because the uh, you know whoever de- whoever designed it in, in Japan like the, 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 you know just um, was kind of uh, much better at it. I don't know why. I don't know why. I don't know whether they had longer to deal with it. Because obviously, you know, we we we're, we're all kind of talking about uh, cars that have been around for a while. But the uh, uh, just to turn around to back to iPads, the uh, it was quite. I mean, at least to me, it was quite a bit of a shock when iPads was announced. Uh, nobody really expected that, as far as I could tell. I'm sure some people knew that it, you know it's been in in the works, but the um, but they just kind of released it one day and decided to to show it off to the world mm. um, without any sort of you know they didn't uh, warm up the the industry to to that um, yeah I mean, to that they, possibility they have been exhibiting at, at the sort of technical industry events I mean Senex which is the sort of the the, the low carbon vehicle event for the for the construct the car construction industry where they're sort of looking at the component industry basically um, and I'd, I'd seen their skateboard design being touted there. For, Quite a few years before the iPace was actually out on the road, um, but yeah, the, the, in terms of what they actually did for, for, in terms of releasing to the motoring press and the, and the Joe public, it was definitely very, very um, short. <laughs> yeah, yeah, indeed. Of the release. And, yeah, because yeah, I remember, you know, I'm, I'm sure. Well, all the OEMs are playing with different research and development programs, and I remember watching fully charged episodes. Uh, Quite a long time ago, um, where um, Robert Llewellyn was uh, test driving, uh, it was a la- I think it was a Range Rover uh, that was fully electric. That was ages ago. Mm. Uh, so I'm sure as a group they've been you know toying with all sorts of uh, things. But uh, where, where I was going with this, I, I is that we just basically don't know uh, um, when they're gonna push and release a new version of iPace or anything else uh, for that matter you know it could be we could wake up tomorrow to an announcement from Jaguar yeah, saying, you could, you you know, and, and that's certainly been the way it's happened with with changes to the current spec I mean when they changed the entertainment system that would just came out there wasn't really an announcement it just came up on the the configurator on, online so you well. <laughs> next day one day you were configuring it with the old operating system and the next day they would get the heavy program so it was yeah. Yeah. It's almost like Tesla, you know, where uh, just one day sh- things just show up yeah. and that's it. 
Interesting. Uh, we we haven't had a chance to talk about any trips in the IPS because I know you've done a lot of traveling in it. Yeah, I've done a lot of travel. So, so I guess the the most significant trip I did uh, in the IPS, and I've done this similarly in, in a Tesla as well. Um, there's an event each year, um, IFA, which is the biggest electronics tech um, show show in, the, in in Europe, and we do it cover it for the, the podcast I do. Um, and so I go out there every year and. We've been sort of doing a challenge for the last few years about how to get there, who can get there the quickest or um, most efficiently or the cheapest or whatever. Um, and a couple of times I've done that in electric cars, and I did it one year in the Tesla, and that was, that was taking it on sort of the same sort of journey I'd normally do to go there in a, in a nice car, to taking it reasonably leisurely over a couple of days, sort of two to three days to, to get there. Uh, and, and that worked out really well. And that's your fact. We beat the the guy who was doing it in the petrol car because it, it was a, um, a a holiday weekend in Germany, and there were massive queues at the gas stations, the petrol stations, yeah. Yeah. Uh, because of that. And he, he took longer to get petrol than we took to get charged. <laughs> um, well, well. But that's a fair occurrence. They wouldn't happen. It just happened to be that holiday weekend. That was the case. Um, so we we actually got there quicker than he did in, in Tesla. Uh, in Tesla and even a B, I think it was a BMW of some sort. Um, but but then last um, two years ago, uh, we well actually no, it was three years ago now. I always forget with the pandemic. Um, the the challenge was to get try and get to Berlin from the UK in a day. Um, we didn't quite make it because there were some major roadworks which would have stopped any any vehicles getting dent through. But we, we we got to about ten miles outside Berlin, so we left about left about eight eight in the morning from from um, Folkestone, and were in in Berlin, just outside Berlin by eight, eight in the evening, which is a a rather long journey. <laughs> it is. I, I've I've only driven once uh, across Europe. Uh, I've driven. From Belfast, which I I used to live in Belfast, to Krakow, um, in Poland, um, and that took me two and a half days. Um, I, I have a man, friend, friend, friend who has driven driven from Peterborough to Wrocław in Poland in a day, but I don't think I'd ever want to do that. <laughs> no, it, it's something I've done once just to see how it's going to be, and um, it wasn't. I mean, it was it was interesting as a sort of novel thing but i wouldn't do that yeah. again i think maybe well that, that was in the ice car obviously yeah. but um but it took me about eight hours to drive through germany and you know i didn't drive f- slow um because as you know you can you can uh, you can you can do crazy speeds in in germany yeah legally yeah um, and i i have to, i have topped i have to reach v max in the i pace in germany so 200 220 kilometers an hour um on the, on the on a very empty autobahn. Uh, okay. But yeah, I mean, it's and again, it handled very well on that. What really surprised me was actually how far how fast I could be going and still have auto uh, or the um, auto steer running. <laughs> the the goose, <laughs> goose so that went 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 all up to about 180 kilometres an hour. It kept kept working, which really surprised me. I wasn't expecting that at all. Um, but yeah, so that so, so you, you it meant you can have a very fast but very relaxing journey through Germany. Um, but presumably it's not very efficient no, electricity-wise. <laughs> basically, we were stopping for charge every hour. Uh, we were getting quite a long distance for stopping for charge yeah. every hour. Um, so, uh, which was probably the best way to do it. Probably if we'd actually slowed, slowed down a bit, we'd probably got there slightly quicker, but 
why not have a bit of fun? I mean, you've got an iPad. I mean, yeah, exactly. And and uh, Autobahn is actually one of those roads that um, is very safe to drive quickly on because it's, it's been designed to, you know, the the, the road is um, curved in the corners, so you, your handling is very good and, uh, and um, there's plenty of space and visibility and, and the culture also of, of kind of getting out of your way when you're driving fast is 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 there uh, not something we get in the uk sadly definitely not it has got worse <laughs> in germany recently i think i found i found last few times i've been out there it's not been as as good as it used to be um but uh, but yeah I mean, but certainly that was very interesting driving through that and the only thing we stopped us getting all, all the way we did we did a um Basically, I'm trying to remember how many hours driving we did. It was about ended up being about ten hours driving in the day to do to, to do the distance, and and then it was, it was just over thirteen hours we were in the car overall um, with char- with charging stops, and we just we used Ionity a lot. We used Fastnet a lot. I loved the Fastnet experience because we had the auto charge set up, um, plug and charge set up. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I did have a few interesting moments, uh, some quite hilarious moments when I couldn't find a charger because they, they're not particularly well signposted a lot of the time. Um, <laughs> went around yeah, to point. <laughs> so did, did you did you have to pre-plan that? Uh, yeah, so, um, so that I, I'd probably do it less now actually. I think because looking at the maps now, the, 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 every services have got loads of chargers now on on, on all the autobahns and, and, and the routes. So I don't think I would have had had anywhere near as much issue planning it as I did when I did do that year of trip. And um, I planned it using better route planner um, and and matched pretty much what he said on that that thing. Other than I said the roadworks got in the way, which weren't on on there. Um, but yeah, the the actual charging stops were really convenient. We we timed charging stops up for when we were having meals and, and stuff, so barely noticed them to be honest. And quite often we were actually staying longer than we actually needed to charge because just yeah yeah stuff. So especially with that amount of driving and and at that speed as well through Germany, you you you, you need, need breaks from having that much concentration. Um, mm. So it, 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 it certainly was not a a burden having to charge. It actually was quite a nice thing having to charge and have a bit of a break. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's one of the things that I always say to people who are kind of new to electric cars and or they're curious and uh, they they kind of you know re- read about them not or they're, they're saying that they'll wait until the car charges in five minutes, which will never happen. Uh, the physics just you know the the cable would have to be so thick that uh by me um it, it just we're just gonna have to change our ways basically uh, uh or get much bigger batteries uh, uh but i always tell people look you know you you're gonna stop anyway and you might as well just plan that into the journey um and when i stop at service service stations uh all, all the time i kind of look at other cars and how long they've been around and you notice you know the cars that have been parked around your car if you just stop for a second and look around um plenty of them are going to be there uh, long after you've left uh, yeah. because people people do stop for two hours uh, at services whether they because they have dogs or whether they have a family or whether they just they just want to you know uh, do a f- couple of phone calls and just stop and, and relax for different reasons but they do stop for a very long time yeah uh, i mean so uh, someone was talking to one of the, one of the services companies and saying that the average stop length is around about 32 minutes uh, and, uh, okay. and their services into the people for well, 32 minutes is well, well long enough to charge most cars these days um, indeed 
So, yeah, and, and with the modern ones coming out, and we, we talk about the EV6 and the Ionic 5 with that 800 volt charging in, uh, they've got, then that becomes a, an amazing <laughs> the quick ability to charge, get a few hundred miles back on, on get going again. It's, uh, yeah, so. I mean, I mean, but, but that, that, uh, that that charging speed kind of relies on the on the fact that you're gonna uh, you're gonna kind of operate within in the middle of the uh, the charging curve. Yeah. So you're gonna drive sort of you know. Uh, until the, your car is down to about thirty percent, and then you're going to only top up to about eighty yeah. percent, and you're going to keep on doing that. Yeah. So you, even if you have a car that can do two hundred and fifty miles on a charge, you're still going to only do about hundred and twenty, hundred and thirty miles, which in the UK will take you two hours plus. Yeah. Because um, uh, you know everyone thinks that if you're driving seventy miles an hour flat out, you're going to do seventy miles in an hour, but in reality, it's not. It's not that easy. You've got the wind. You've got the you know. You've, you're constantly moving um, side to side. If you have traffic, if people are blocking the middle lane, which they always do, you're gonna have to shift around. And if you drive in a fast lane all the time, like some people do, you're gonna be actually slower sometimes than the rest of the of the of everybody else who's driving at a constant, more constant speed. But everyone's kind of your average speed is gonna be well below the uh, the seventy miles an hour, uh, unless you're driving in the middle of the night and everything's empty. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but you know that's a, that's a sort of outlier. Uh, but yeah, it's going to take you a while. So yeah, I, I've um, I'm looking forward actually to to uh, test driving Ionic Five or uh, or one of those new new cars that can do such speeds of char- of charging to actually test drive properly. You know, four hundred five hundred mile sort of run and see how much of a difference that makes. Um, because that, that, I think that's the that's a very smart move uh, to increase the voltage on the battery, and I think it was Porsche or was it Audi that have done it first. Well, yeah, Porsche Audi, <laughs> basically the same same True. under the skin, isn't it? True. Uh, True. Yeah. So, but they did that eight hundred volt at first, and then uh, um, obviously Kia now high-end their, their platform and that, that and the interesting about that that pump is not just going to be available in these high-end cars like the Ionic 5 and the, the EV6 but the, when, when they get around to the EV1 and the Ionic 1 which is going to be much more cost-effective car, low-end cars they'll still have this amazing infrastructure so they'll be sort of made they may well be 200 mile cars but they could charge probably 15 minutes <laughs> and so it's because they'll have much more batteries uh, being lighter um, so yeah I think that's that's a potential game changer. I mean, I, I really don't I think if there's a mentality thing here. When you, you've talked about it a lot in Joan, we, we've talked about it as well, but people switch from petrol cars and they tend to think about it in a petrol way. You, you, you go to go to a service station, station, you go to your petrol station, you plug it in, you get, get this fuel in, in 15, 20 minutes, and, or 5, 10 minutes, and then you go on. Whereas we don't do that. I mean, I... I, I other than doing these long trips, I just don't go to petrol stations or service stations to charge, to charge my car. I don't even go to find chargers because most of the time my journey I can do in the UK is, is going to be within that 200 mile range I've got. Um, I charge it overnight. I try to try find a destination charger. Um, and if I, if I can charge at home, obviously I'm charging a cheap mate overnight. So it's more much more like a mobile phone as well, I, I describe it. Um, you, 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 you wouldn't go out to find somewhere to plug your mobile phone in, phone you plug it in at home. Yeah, yeah. Again, it again, it's just people kind of trying to uh, pick the the worst case scenarios because of either of their anxieties or or they just trying to wiggle themselves out of the conversation. Well, I, think, I think also a lot of people don't like change and, and and they don't understand change as well. I mean, a lot of times, times people are very stuck in stuck in their ways and and 
and that's the way they think and, and it's very difficult to think outside that box uh, and I think that's that's been one of the big, big things why a lot of people look at look at things like hydrogen as I like, say that or it'd be great because you just fill it up while you do a petrol car uh, obviously not not taking into account all the issues with hydrogen um, so I think that, that that's where that sometimes comes from but but it's yeah it's just it's just a different way of thinking and hi- hydrogen refueling takes takes a while as well it's not that's, yeah. as quick because you have multiple tanks on board of the um, the car yeah, and uh, there's like uh, I don't understand everything about it, but the uh, the, the there's a pr- pressure rebalancing and some safety checks. It it takes a good ten minutes to re- refuel those cars. So um, you know, <laughs> if if your EV is going to be recharged in fifteen minutes, you might as well just just run with it. Um, unless you have some, I mean, I think hydrogen has been pushed these days for mostly political reasons uh, because um, petrol companies don't want to oil. Companies don't want to uh, sort of uh, lose the, um, the the you know the power essentially. Um, but also, it fits in their infrastructure as well. A lot of the stuff they do, they can do with hydrogen as easily as they can do with, with petrol. But uh, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It's, um, yeah, I mean, it, we, I think anybody who knows the facts properly knows that hydrogen isn't the way to go for for anything small. And by small, I mean anything on the road, because I don't think it doesn't really even work for trucks. It might no, no ships and planes, but uh, um. well, even with that, it's it's a you know um, the the way the about yeah, it's a it's a it's a completely separate discussion. I, I don't want to you know I don't want this podcast to to to, to be uh, two hours, <laughs> uh, but but the uh, but uh, the battery capacity and and sort of density improves so quickly. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. That this you might this might have been a valid actually planes haven't we so it's not it's not yeah, yeah yeah this might have been conversation that was kind of valid ten years ago but I think today you know uh, the you 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 can buy a Tesla that has you know five hundred mile range uh, I don't know I don't know in reality what what it will do but um, certainly on the paper can it can do nearly five hundred miles um, and that's you know that's that's the same sort of size of a car that um, could could barely do two hundred uh, uh, six seven years ago so. Uh, things have certainly moved on quite quick, quite quite a lot. Um, so uh, and and there's a, and I know of one company. That I, uh, the person that I had on one of the episodes uh, is a reseller for Pipistrelle, and they're they're building an eighteen or nineteen uh, uh, seat passenger a small car, a small uh, sorry airplane that is uh, battery powered um, and and purely electric. It's probably going to have an you know an hour or two hour. Uh, endurance, but that's plenty for a lot of destinations. Oh yeah, absolutely. So. Good stuff. Um, did I miss any anything? Do you no, want to talk about we, anything else? We, or, or we we put, come, I think we've covered a lot, haven't we? It's, it's, it's <laughs> been a really good chat. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, thank you for your thank you for your time and uh, and uh, you know, hope to see you around and yeah, yeah. Maybe we, maybe you can ask you can ask me some question next time on your podcast <laughs> absolutely but i was definitely encouraging people to listen to yours because i think it's, it's really good uh, thank you thank you